We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show, episode 127, the second podcast of the week. Scott, we're moving to the new schedule. We thought it wasn't going to be until next week, but the stars aligned. Double podcast for everybody. Yeah, I got to talk to you again already. What's what's going on here? This is weird. This is. Uh, I guess I got to get used to this. Two a week. We were um, we were waiting uh, to see what what Justice Sheffield's schedule was was going to be like this week if we could get them before their season started and it uh, worked out. So uh, after you uh, you get me and Andrew for a little bit, you get some uh, some Justice Sheffield talk. So look at that. Starting off with a bang. The new schedule for the entire season will be Mondays and Thursday episodes. So it was Tuesday all off season, but we're going to go to Monday and Thursday. So make sure you're subscribed in iTunes and Google Play and all, all the other places you get your podcast because they will be twice a week. And I actually think that works out really well. It's kind of um, 
right after each series the way it falls. Yeah, and and Monday is you know traditionally an off day as well throughout the season. Not every single Monday, but Monday is traditionally an off day. So you'll get to uh, you'll get your Yankee fix when there's uh, when there's no game as well. So it works out it works out pretty well, and I think. Um, most likely we'll stick with Mondays even in the off season too. So we'll, we'll see how it goes. But um, yeah, I'm excited to start doing these two a weeks. I, want, I keep wanting to say two a day. It just sounds so much better. But <laughs> two a weeks, two a week workouts. I don't think I could do two a day. No, two a day would be tough. Um, last, uh, last episode, you mentioned the June 10th event at Yankee Stadium. People seemed excited about that. So the details are still being worked on, but everyone get excited for June 10th. That's a Saturday in the Bronx this summer. Uh, Bronx Pinstripes will be taking over the joint. Yeah, definitely. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna be plugging this a lot. Tell your friends. Tell anybody you know who's a Yankees fan. We wanna. We definitely wanna sell out all the tickets that we have. We're working with the Yankees. They give us a great deal on seats, so we're gonna pass on that discount to everybody. And then we're also working on, like I said before. Uh, we're working on a relationship with a bar and a brewery in the area, so we are going to have a, a, a pregame party that will be awesome, and then I'm also going to be designing a custom tee for the event. So you're going to get all that stuff in a nice, neatly packaged uh, price for the event, and um, yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun, so uh, so definitely mark that down and, and set it aside on your calendar. Yeah, basically you're going to get not only the ticket to the game, but all that extra stuff that Scott mentioned for an unbelievable price. Um, rate and review the podcast in iTunes. We just cracked the top 100 for sports podcasts in iTunes. We're one ahead of Shaq. I don't know who listens to that Shaq podcast, but suck it, Shaq, because we're ahead of you. Thank you to everybody who is uh, rating and reviewing the podcast. It's clearly working. So if you have not done so already, please go and give us a five-star review. It is uh, extremely helpful, and we always enjoy reading them. So, Scott, what a difference one game makes. Isn't it funny that the Yankees look terrible on opening day and then they look great in their second game and then we're sitting here on Wednesday before the game and I cannot wait for it to start. You can't wait to watch Chase Headley play. I know it. That's that's what <laughs> that's you're excited it. for because the the constant for the first two games has been Mr. Chase Headley who's just been unbelievable. Comeback player of the year potential. I mean, leading the charge. This it's never is, this too early is, to make that call. This is this is exciting news. Uh, he actually hit a freaking rocket over the center field wall. That was pretty good. Pretty nice little exit velo there. That I think was the it was, first ball that he hit hard all season. I'm pretty sure it was directed <laughs> at you. Everybody keeps saying that I'm he's listening credit. to the podcast, and I think he's uh, he's he's answering directly to uh, to what you are saying, and uh, I like it. And I also announced that my my new dream guest for the show is Chase Headley, because that would be awkward and amazing all at the same time. Something tells me uh, that that podcast, that he, he would find out somehow that I hate him so much before he comes on that podcast. But That's I'm okay. taking credit. I'm taking credit for Clint's turnaround. Clearly, or excuse, uh, Chase's turnaround, Clint. Oh, you don't even remember his name. You don't even remember his name. How disrespectful. <laughs> well, because we're going to talk carrying, about, Fra- we're carrying talking about Clint Frazier next. Carrying but, uh, the Yankees. Headley... I mean, I'm taking credit. Clearly, he listened to the podcast in the offseason. That's why he was so motivated going into the season to not only to beat the shift, but actually hit the ball hard. Hey, good for him. He's looking at all avenues to improve. So, um, I, you know, I, I'm, I'm proud of Chase Headley. He's not only the nicest guy in the world, but he's the Yankees' leading player right now. Good for him. Um, 
you know who seems like the nicest guy in the world based on everything we've heard and from the interview we just did with Justice is CeCe Sabathia, who is the dad of the clubhouse. Pitched five innings, sweat five gallons on the mound, but um, he gave the Yankees kind of what he was giving them all last season, which is a performance, especially with the Yankees bullpen, that's good enough to win ballgames. Were you holding your breath in the fifth inning as I was? Yeah, a little bit, but... I mean, it's still early in the season for CC, so I know that's why he was probably like like if this game was in the middle of June, I think that um, Girardi lets him go past whatever it was, eighty pitches or whatever he was at. Well, you know, it's just it's been the fifth inning typically over the last year, two years that's really gotten him. Uh, come fifth he inning, CC Sabathia gets year, into though. it. Yeah, it's it's just been one of those it's been one of those uh, those dilemmas that he's got to get get past. But no, he did he did start getting past that last year. The year before that, it was ridiculous. It was like fifth inning or bust every single time, um, or fifth inning and bust every single time. Yeah. But uh, no, he pitched really well, and uh, you know they they used the bullpen. I think we're going to see this a lot, and I think that's why Adam Warren is such an important role, uh, as well as having Brian Mitchell. you got two guys that can pitch multiple innings. I think these two are going to be extremely crucial parts because I could I could definitely see uh, Girardi pulling guys earlier than, than normal, and I think that's going to be a trend to watch. Brian Mitchell looked good. Yeah, Brian Mitchell did look good. I'm, I'm excited for him. I, I thought, think he's motivated, too, because he didn't get that spot in the yeah. rotation. I think he's definitely got a lot of motivation. Are you a little surprised they didn't use him for another inning? I thought because that they maybe want to keep him stretched out to potentially take over a starter spot if they need it, that they would have him go two innings. I mean, he was he breezed through his inning of work. Yeah, maybe a little bit, but even if they do want to keep him stretched out, you know, he'll whether whether Joe is is going to be using him the next day or whatever, he'll he'll probably do some side work as well just to get some extra throws he'll in, but get some B whips in. Some B whips, yeah. <laughs> we I, <laughs> the 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 eye the eye is killing me. I don't did, well, did we introduce the eye to this? I don't remember. Well, phon- phonetically it's B B W I P, but that doesn't make any sense. It, it really should just be B W P. Yeah, B B uh, when there's no vowels in it, it's tough to say. Right. Ball I don't know if we can just add an acronym, add a letter to the acronym though. Just well, you because we need... the, you drop the eye, drop the eye. Yeah. But um, no, he pitched well, and uh, I, I do. I, I think he's got a lot of motivation right now because because I feel like he uh, you know he he thinks he deserves that that rotation spot. But you know what, you know we're, you're going to hear from Justice Sheffield in a little bit talking about you know the role he'll play in New York and whatever it is, and obviously he wants to be a starting pitcher. But but then again, whatever the Yankees need him to do, he's going to do. So that's obviously the mentality for Brian Mitchell, and you got to love that. That's that's the that's the kind of guy you want, the, the kind of guy that will will go out there and do whatever he needs to do uh, for the team. So our boy Tereus with the first home run kind of got the Yankees off the Schneid. Um, jumped on the first pitch, crushed it actually with Judge on uh, ahead of him on the bases. The the two of them pictured together is one of my now one of my favorite things about this Yankee season is just watching Judge and Torres interact with one another. It's really good. It, it really is. The I love the fact that his nickname is Toe. It's just I don't know why Toe and Judge. It just uh, it just it's perfect. And and the fact when they go home plate and do the high fives or the or the the ten. <laughs> I mean the dude's got to jump or, and 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 Judge's got to come down. The pictures are they really are priceless. They're they're really good. <laughs> Uh, yeah, well, it was a, it was a great win. Um, there, it's obviously great to just not lose ball games anymore. So, um, we're recording before the Wednesday game before big Mike takes the mound. Uh, I feel like 
every start that we go in this uh, in this season with Big Mike is going to be which which Big Mike are we going to get? So obviously, as you guys are listening now, we know which Big Mike we got, but um, it's something I'm looking forward to. Um, all right, and it's, so, not, and it's not just start by start. By the way, it's which big Mike's going to come out for this inning. That's the problem. Exactly. It's, yeah. We don't know. We don't know which guy's coming out per inning. That's that's the where the inconsistencies lie. They're not even start to start. They're within the game of every start almost. So, per pitch. <laughs> yeah, the dude is. Uh, the, he needs to lock it up. He needs to lock it up. A couple other news items before we get to the interview with Sheffield. Uh, the the Gliber rules that we talked about on um, the last episode are actually three days at shortstop. Two days at second base, two days at third base, and then a day off. So he's on an eight-day rotation. Um, everyone is dubbing it the Gliber rules, similar to the Jabba rules. But um, hopefully these will not derail Gliber's career like they derailed Jabba's career. Yeah, it's a little different when you're just switching around on the infield. You're still playing, and you're still doing pretty much the same things. Uh, so I don't think this is really going to affect him too much. It's going to be good for him because I think this he's the exact guy who can go out and make the adjustments. I think he's going to shine at every single position. He's uh, he's definitely he's definitely got that in him, and and we all we all know what he's like in between the ears. The dude's mature beyond his years. He says the right thing all the time. He does the right thing with training and and you know talking to the right. He was he, he was working out with uh, Omar Vizquel in the off season, so he's he's on he's he's definitely the right guy to make these uh, these moves. Yeah, Justice Sheffield called him the best shortstop that's ever played behind him. And we also got a little bit of breaking news on the Gliber wedding that might not actually be a wedding. So uh, tune into that because I know you and I were, were texting back and forth that interesting for a 20-year-old to get married. But um, he might be getting married soon. We don't know. Yeah, that was uh, – It was when I saw that, I was like, come on. Come on, man. <laughs> come on, buddy. Let's, let's slow it down. Uh, Clint Frazier cannot seem to avoid criticism. You know, I, I really do believe he's got a red target on that head because everybody oh, is going after him. Everybody is Very going punny, after him. Very punny, Scott. Very punny. The, uh, now it's Susan Waldman. I mean, nobody, you're, you're not safe if Susan Waldman's coming after you. You're, just, you're, you're a glutton for punishment at that point. He's talking about how uh, Clint Frazier was, was mentioning that he was asking about Yankee numbers being unretired, leading to the, the, the fact that he wants to wear number seven, which obviously is Mickey Mantle. You know, I, this is what I think happened. Again, I am completely dismissing any of this crap. I think that the kid has some sarcasm behind him. He's a little bit of a jokester, probably said this in jest, and it was taken seriously by Susan yeah. Waldman, and that's what happened. I guarantee it. There's no way he's going in there dead serious. Like, yeah, unretire the number. We've talked to him. He's not like he did not come across as that type of guy. He's a guy who who was talking about grinding, making his own name, doing these things. He's not the, the dude that's going to walk in and demand Mickey Mantle's freaking number. It's stupid. It's ridiculous. It's like how uh, Boomer Wells wanted to wear number three. So he went out and got Babe Ruth's hat and put it on, the, took it out to uh, Yankee Stadium Mound. But I, there's no way I believe that Frazier is that stupid to actually think that they would unretire a number. So I, I totally agree with you. He had to have been joking. And... Susan Waldman, we've talked about the old curmudgeon baseball reporter. I mean, there's no, there's no more traditional baseball reporter than Susan Waldman. She can't, she doesn't handle that kind of shit. So of course she's going to get upset about stuff like that. But but there's there's absolutely no way 
that Frazier was serious about unretiring their number. And if he wants to wear number seven so bad, maybe he'll wear number 77 or number 16 or number 25 or anything like that. Because you remember, that's why Mark Teixeira, I think, wore number 25. Or maybe it was Jason Giambi wore 25 because two plus five equals seven. And he was a huge Mickey Mantle fan. There's other ways around it where you don't have to actually wear number seven. Yes. So... Clint Frazier, again, is just, just, he just, he just can't talk because I don't think, I think when, when he opens his mouth, people are now looking for something to write about. They're looking for something to criticize. And it's really unfortunate. And I really do hope it does not, you know, affect his, his career because, you know, if you just keep getting hit and hit and hit, a la Roger Maris in, in, uh, in 61, that was, uh, you know, you see what it could do to somebody. You can only take so much after, after a while. So it's un- it's unfortunate. Yeah, Waldman basically told uh, Beningo and Roberts on WFAN on Wednesday the same stuff that uh, George King wrote um, about uh, about Frazier and how he needs to grow up and that he put on too much muscle and that they didn't see the bat speed. So I I don't know the the whole I'm sick of Clint Frazier cri- criticism and he's still in AAA. So he's and, has have, a, and hasn't played a game and had a pretty good spring. Yeah, he's gonna have a bullseye on his back. That's just. Hey, that's the that's the um, the territory he's entered. Being traded for Andrew Miller, being an outgoing guy, being red hair, being muscular, being all those things. So whatever, um, it's just gonna annoy me. Uh, final thing before we get into the interview. Apparently, Syndergaard said that uh, New York is a Mets town, and maybe it was a Mets town for October of 2015 when they were in the World Series. But uh, the only the only people that will will say, oh. New York is a Mets town, not a Yankees town, is someone on the Mets or a Mets fan because they have the little brother syndrome. You don't see a Yankee, a Yankees player going out there and saying, no, New York is a Yankees town because it is a Yankees town and we know it. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, that's the thing. I mean, if you got to say it, then why do you have to say it? You're, you're, you're saying something to, uh, to try to drive a point home that nobody knows or believes. So I don't know. I, I yawn at this. I... I dismiss it. I, I go and I drink my champagne when I think about the championships. And I, and I sit back and realize how amazing the New York Yankees are. And the Mets fans have absolutely nothing to talk about. So it's fine. It's All fine. Right. Let's get into the Justice Sheffield interview. It runs about 35 minutes. So enjoy that interview. And Scott and I will be back at it. Recording Sunday, episode on Monday. Talk to you guys next week. Okay, we now welcome on Justice Sheffield, pitcher for the Yankees. Justice, uh, thanks for joining the podcast. I hear you are on the bus right now. Uh, you guys are traveling somewhere? Yeah, yeah, we're traveling to Erie right now. We've got about five hours left, so in for the long haul. That's different, yeah, you- taking the bus. That's a five-hour trip. That's a long trip. Uh, what are you guys doing to, yeah. uh, to keep busy for five hours? Uh, usually just chilling, hanging out. Uh, I know a lot of guys just, you know, try and sleep through it and whatnot or, you know, just listen to some music, so. Nice. You uh, you looking forward to those plane rides so you don't have to sit your ass on a bus? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely looking forward to it, man. I'm, I've been on the bus for, what, three, three years now? So, uh, you know, I think I'm already up to the point where I don't have to share with anyone. So, uh, you know, got that one out of the way. Now we just got to move on to getting up in the air. Oh, yeah, you're at the status where you get your own row of seats, right? You get to lay <laughs> yeah. out. Yeah. yeah. What, do you have to do, what do you have to do to get to that status? Uh, 
well, when I first my first full year, I had to buy my seat. You know, I was I was uh, bunked up with Bobby Bradley, and you know, he he he, he ain't no small dude. So <laughs> uh, I definitely was was uh, trying to buy my seat and uh, had to ended up getting that. But then, um, you know, now on long trips, I guess in Double A, um, we take two buses, so you know, enough seats for everyone. The buses, how's, what's the bus situation compared from uh, the Cleveland organization to the Yankees organization? Are we are we stepping up in buses at least? Oh, yeah. The, I mean, we got outlets. That's that's the number one key. Ooh, as long perfect. as we got outlets, I'm happy. Outlets in my own row. I'm good. How about Wi-Fi? Is there a Wi-Fi connection on that thing? There's Wi-Fi, but, you know, it goes in and out all the time. So, yeah. you know, I usually, I usually don't get on Wi-Fi, which uh, in the long run kills me because I always get text messages from my mom's. Uh, complaining about the data usage and stuff, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, tell her you can pay her back once you make it to the big leagues. Yeah, yeah. Uh, she she understands. I told her it's a grind on the on the bus, man. I can cannot be using my phone, especially on these long trips. Yeah. You, you download any movies or any TV shows or anything like that? No, I'm not a big like movie watcher on the bus. I usually I listen to some music. I will sleep a little bit, but most of the time I will just. FaceTime, I like to FaceTime a lot with, uh, you know, a lot of other people and or just chill with the teammates, try and pass time that way. What's on the what's on the playlist? Uh, well, Kodak just came out with a new album, so, you know, I've been on Kodak. Um, Drake, you know, he just dropped uh, his, his new album not too long ago. I, I listen to a lot of hip-hop, but, I mean, it varies depending on my mood, you know. Sometimes if I'm in the, in the, in the, in the, um, Way room or anything, I'll listen to hip hop and stuff like that, and then I got little R and B joints. So I mean, it varies. So we know about when when batters have their walk up music going up to the plate. Do you guys pick the music when you're warming up in between innings, or or when you're uh, first coming out for the first inning? Does that ever happen, or you guys just completely get left out? Of I that have. Yeah? We have we have before, but I think Trenton uses the the the, the thunder song. I think it's by AC DC. Are warming up, but you know, this year I'm I asked them if they could, you know, play a little bit of our music, so uh, maybe we can get that in there, but I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Yeah, ACDC isn't exactly hip hop, <laughs> it's kind of hard to get in it's for myself to get into the get into the <laughs> zone and listen to ACDC, but you know, I guess it's uh, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll try and uh, talk to them and see what they have to say, see if they can't change it a little bit. So uh, you're starting the season in Double A, but the weather in the Northeast kind of put a delay on your season. Is that right? Yeah. Um, well, we're heading up to Erie right now, so we'll see. They said it's supposed to snow, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm not really looking forward to that. I, I, I'm a person who likes to be in the heat. I don't like the cold too much, but you know, I guess it makes it better. Hitters don't want to be out there uh, as much as we do. So I mean. Um, I guess we pitchers have the advantage in the cold. You're not scheduled to pitch in the snow, are you? Actually, my my game is scheduled on Friday, and they said <laughs> it is supposed to snow on Friday. So I don't know what what that's about, but I'm gonna have, have to work through it, I guess. Have you heard about Major League Baseball trying to? Uh, I think they hired Rawlings or or somebody, one of the ball manufacturers, to uh, to make a tackier ball. Have you heard about this? Really? Yeah. I, I haven't heard of it. They're trying, I haven't so, heard of about that. I guess what they're trying to do is they're trying to get rid of the illegal substances in the game. Because usually, you know, when it's a cold weather, then 
you know, pine tar or whatever, just to get a better grip on the ball. That's Mm -hmm. been used in the past. But I guess what they're trying to do is use a tackier ball so that it's not an issue. Because, I mean, even in cold weather, the pitchers, I mean, it's it's hard, I I can imagine, to, um, you know, to get that ball coming off your fingertips like it would if it was a nice hot day. Yeah, that's true. I I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it. Um, I mean, like you said, when it's cold or, you know, rainy or something like that outside, then I mean, it, it, it gets kind of tough, you know, trying to break off a slider or something like that. So, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to it at all. But that's the first time I've heard of it. Yeah, the good news is it gets pretty humid in the Bronx in July and August. So uh, that w- hopefully won't be an issue f- for you uh, pretty soon. Um, yeah. This this spring was your first big league spring training. How was that? Uh, it was it was awesome. Um, you know, going in there and chilling with all the all the dudes and meeting everyone and. You know, I liked it just because I could learn, um, you know, from CC, um, you know, Big Mike, uh, Tanaka, watching all those guys pitch and, you know, seeing how they go about their day and, you know, kind of look at their routines and, you know, put their game and still a little bit of their game in, in, into me, what I can use. So, I mean, that was the best part I, I enjoyed and, you know, getting familiar with everyone. And uh, so, you know, hopefully in the future when I get up there, then I'm not just going to be, you know, uh, a new face to those guys. Yeah. Did you kind of feel like the new kid in school because you were traded last season? So this was the first spring training that you've had with the Yankees. Yeah. I mean, spring training, I walked in and only knew the guys that I played with in high A and double A and that was it. So, I mean, getting to go through spring training was big meeting the uh, rest of the front office and, uh, you know, meeting the rest of my teammates and all the other guys in the organization. That was huge. And then, like I said, the, this being my first uh, big league spring training, that was that was also big. Um, getting up there and uh, meeting those guys. So, do you guys do you guys kind of stick together? I mean, there were what four of you traded: uh, Frazier, Heller, and Fireisen. Was that was that mm-hmm. the, was that the immediate click? Like you guys stuck together as much as you could, and then started venturing out. Uh, well, I mean, they, you know, Heller was he went to the league, and then Frazier went to AAA, and then uh, JP was mm-hmm. in Double A. So, you know, we were all spread out. So. Um, but it was weird because when I did come over, I was chilling with uh, Rashad Crawford and Glaber a lot. So, I mean, the other two dudes that got traded with the uh, with the Cubs. So, yeah. I mean, I guess you could say we, we chilled because we were in the same boat a little bit. But, you know, after about a week, we just kind of all gelled in with the rest of the team. Uh, speaking of Glaber, I want to ask you about him uh, because he is uh – the Yankees overall, their farm system has been getting a lot of notoriety lately, but he has been sort of the most talked about prospect. What do you see out of him um, as a player? I mean, he's anything that you hear that's that's Glaber, you know, he's he's as good as advertised. I mean, he's probably the best shortstop that's ever played behind me. Um, and for him to only be 20, I mean, you can tell he's very mature, um, you know, on and off the field. And just overall, good dude. Um, you know, I love being around him. He's, he's, me and him, we've, we've gotten pretty close since uh, we've came over. We knew each other in the past two years, just playing against each other. So, uh, you know, coming over, that was that was good to talk about. You know, me striking him out and then him hitting home run <laughs> off me. But, <laughs> nah, but it's it's been good. He's he's you know he's a great player. So you say he's only twenty, but what are you twenty <laughs> one? No, nah, I'm 22. I'm 20 also, but oh, I'll you're be 20 also. In, so yeah. what the hell are you talking I'll about? I'll be 21. I'll be 21 in May, but you know he just he'll be 20 this whole year. So I mean that's pretty much like I was last year. 
So are you so, are you also ready to get married? Because uh, we just we just saw that that he got married. Did you guys at least get to throw him a bachelor party? Nah, see, I guess it was it wasn't like his wedding. I guess he was like an engagement uh, ordeal type thing. Oh, um, oh breaking I think news! They're gonna get married for sure in uh, like December or something like that is what he told me. I don't know for sure if that's it, but yeah, um, you know, I'm definitely looking forward to going out to Venezuela and. <laughs> you know, kicking it, kicking it with the with the groom. Definitely. You uh, you mentioned CC earlier. Uh, we had Ben Heller on the podcast a couple weeks ago, and he kind of said that CC was sort of like the dad in the clubhouse. Did you get that sense in spring? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess so. Him being kind of like the older, older vet. Um, you know, he's been around the game so long. I mean, he, he he's 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 been through it all. So. Um, I know for me, um, I got pretty close with him, you know, on and off the field, just learning from him and, you know, chilling with him off the field. So that was good, um, you know, especially we kind of have the same background, both being left-handed, uh, both coming over from Cleveland. So that was that was automatic, um, you know, connection right there off the point. And then, uh, you know, as far as on the field, he was open to any questions, you know, I have for him. But, you know, CC's cool. I like CC a lot. I'm glad I got to uh, spend time with him this spring. He's got a couple pounds on you, though. Yeah, yeah, he does. He got a few pounds on me. Okay, <laughs> D- uh, game. Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, now, even though like you're totally different body types, you can still sort of talk about pitching and how you attack pitchers. I assume uh, attack batters. I assume. Oh, for sure, for sure. And you know, CC, he's he's pretty athletic. Even you know, being that he's you know a bigger bigger type uh, body. I mean, he's he's still pretty athletic, but. Yeah, it's just more more of so hack, attacking hitters and um, things like that. So, um, so, so you, I think I've been following on um, uh, you on Twitter, and it seems like you and James Caprellian are also been pretty tight. Oh yeah, Cap's cool. That's my boy. You guys seem to be um, maybe for you know the two highest uh, prospect pitchers. In the organization, and I'm I'm assuming you're sick of being called a prospect at this point. But do, do the two of you sort of have a, a healthy competition going on who can maybe make it to the major leagues first? Um, I don't think it's about making it to the to the league first. I think it's more so just competition day by day. Uh, and you know we've talked about that. Um, you know us being so close. Um, you know as as friends. Um, you know obviously we're gonna pull for each other, but then again, it also comes to that point where uh, I'm not going to root against him. But when he's out there and if he shoves, I'm going to want to do that times two, you know, uh, which is which is going to do nothing but make us better. And I feel like make the make the team better in the future. If uh, we have that type of mindset of, you know, everybody wants to be that that number one guy. Everybody wants to be the man, wants to wants to, you know, have the ball in their hand. So. Um, you know, I, I feel like that's the mindset that I, that I look at it. And I know he looks at it like that, too. And, uh, you know, I think it makes it better us being friends and uh, tight because we kind of have that same understanding. So, so you have a, a good relationship with Caprillion. But when you look around, I mean, it's, it's extremely obvious. I mean, everybody's been talking about it. Heck, you even have, I know, a, a Rebuild the Empire T-shirt because I sent it to you. Do you uh, mm-hmm. do you guys look around and, and actually does this starting to go into your conversations about like you know we could we could make this next step we're we're the we're the future of the Yankees we could do this together is this part of the conversation when you guys are playing and when you're on the bus or whatever? 
Uh, I feel like at first it was, yeah. but now it's just to the point where we just we got to go out and play. Now, now we got to show it. Um, you know, it was it was well advertised. Um, you know, and still being well advertised. You know, through social media and things like that. So, uh, but now it's game time. You know, season starts, and now we got to go out and show show the people why why they you know why they think that we are going to re- rebuild the empire with this young group that we got. And uh, you know, that's the, that's the way we look at it. We just got to go out there and do it. We got to do it on the field. So I want to ask you about when you found out that you were traded from Cleveland to the Yankees last summer. Um, were you surprised or were you kind of keeping an eye on the trade deadline knowing that your name could be thrown into some deals? Uh, you know, I was surprised that it was to the Yankees. Um, <laughs> just because, um, you know, I was I was kind of keeping up a little bit watching ESPN and on Twitter. You know, my phone was blowing up with you know, all these rumors and whatnot. And um, I actually thought I was going to be in the, the Brewers trade uh, with uh, Johnson Lucroy. All right. Ended yeah. up not being in that. Yeah. Ended up not being in that deal. So I was like, all right, we good. Like, I'm going to go to sleep. I got a pitch tomorrow. Like, I ain't even going to worry about it. And then I woke up to a phone call uh, saying I got traded. So, I mean, that was a, that was a surprise uh, of who I was getting traded to. Um, I kind of knew that it was a possibility. But then, uh, you know, there's no feeling than when you actually get the call and it actually happens. You know, just yeah. because, I mean, I had to, I had to, you know, tell my, tell my all my boys for three years over at the Indians organization, you know, that that I wasn't gonna see them for, for a while. So I mean, that that, that kind of sucked at first, but then again, getting traded over to the Yankees, that was, you know, I think that's the best thing that's happened to me so far in my career. Well, I know. I think I read somewhere that you were a Red Sox fan growing up. Is that true? Yeah, yeah, I was actually a, a Red Sox fan. I remember watching them in the World Series, so it was just kind of, kind of, um, you know, we just kind of loved watching them play. But uh, it's kind of funny uh, <laughs> coming over to the Yankees because I really didn't, I didn't really like the Yankees uh, too much <laughs> growing up, which is funny. But you know, I, uh, you know, I'm all for them now. I mean, I kind of have to be. <laughs> <laughs> well, how, well, how the hell did that happen? You're, you're from Tennessee. How, how do you become a Red Sox fan? Yeah, like I said, just um, watching them in the World Series, you know, when they had uh, Johnny Damon, Big Poppy, you know, all those guys, and um, I remember just sitting up late at night watching it with my with my with my pops and my brother, and uh, you know, after that, I just just loved watching them play. Um, I've been to a few Braves games just because that was the closest place to go, but uh, you know, there was no other feeling than uh, watching the Red Sox play, and uh, when I thought of baseball, that's that's what team I actually thought about, you know, uh, the Red Sox. So, um, you know, it's just one of those things. And also I have a, I got a, I got a, um, cousin. Well, it's actually my, I call him my uncle, but my cousin, he got drafted Tony Sheffield in, I think 99 by the Red Sox made it, never made it to the big leagues, but um, you got some ties there though. Yeah. Yeah. So, you're talking about your family. You guys would watch uh, the games together. I know your brother is also a pitcher in the Dodgers organization. Were you guys just growing up just a big baseball family? Was that was baseball life for you guys year-round? Uh, actually, we also, me and my brother also played basketball and football um, growing up. I never really fully liked baseball until uh, probably like ninth grade, eight, uh, ninth, tenth grade, to be honest. I always like I would always go out and you know play play basketball, shoot hoops outside in my um, 
in my front yard and stuff like that. So I was always big on basketball, and then I knew basketball ran into baseball season, so I had to give that up. And then, um, you know, I love football uh, more than I love baseball also. But I'm, you know, obviously not not that big of a guy, so I had to Well, just the, one day, one day did you figure out, like, oh, I could throw 93 miles an hour. Maybe I should try and become <laughs> a professional baseball. Yeah, I think, it, I think it was when I was starting to kind of get college letters. Um, then I was like, all right, maybe I should just – take the smart route here you know I, I might be actually pretty good at this thing so <laughs> yeah less injuries down the road too exactly exactly uh so you and your brother were both pitchers uh he's a right-handed pitcher you're lefty so mm-hmm. you've got actually an advantage there you ever you ever uh talk about that with him or is he jealous that you're a lefty uh you know, if you probably told him that, he'd probably laugh and, and say whatever, he's better or whatnot. Because, you know, we had that com- – we were only 11 months apart, so we've been competitive since since we was young. So, uh, you know, if, if anybody says I'm better than him than anything, he's definitely going to deny it. <laughs> but, uh, nah, we, it's been good just because um, I think that's where we get our competitive edge um, growing up so close to each other and, you know, wanting to be better than, than the other one. So who's the family back in Tennessee rooting for if it's Dodgers versus Yankees and both Sheffield boys on the mound? You know, it's going to be it's going to be a it's going to be half and half, you know. My pops and moms might be wearing a Yankee hat with a Dodgers shirt, so uh, you know, there's there's definitely no favorites there. I know that for a fact. So your brother went to Vanderbilt and uh, from what I read you committed there also. Was there was there a big party you wanted to go to college or how did you weigh the decision uh, not to not to go and go straight into the pros? Uh, it was a huge part because, like I said, I Jordan, he got hurt his senior year, so we we didn't really get to play with each other uh, his last year. So, uh, you know, there was definitely a lot of talk about us going to school together and um, going to college together. He was actually – I feel like I actually drove him to go to Vandy. Uh, he was committed to go to Tennessee. He wanted to go to Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee. I wanted to go to Vandy ever since I was a freshman. So, uh, you know, he decommitted and went there. And, uh, you know, that was the plan for us to go to school there. And, you know, um, but I just had to go on my go on my gut, go on my heart. And, um, you know, it was definitely a tough decision. But, um, you know, I felt like I made the, the right one in the long run. Yeah, I mean, it's tough to turn down being drafted in the first round. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's tough. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what was it? What was draft night like? Uh, Nerve wracking. I can tell you that I, I couldn't stop moving. Um, that whole day I was, I had to be doing something, I had to be doing something, but nah, it was good. And, you know, we went and we didn't have like a big party until like the next night after we knew for sure where I was going. But, uh, you know, I had, had all my close friends and family with me. So, uh, you know, that was a special day. Um, you know, having them with me and being a part of that with me. You know, so how'd you find Go ahead, Scott. There, I'm just saying more people should take that route. There are so many times when, when they get, you know, the TV cameras are there, the dudes are like waiting to get drafted and then nothing happens or they drop. And then and then that footage lives on forever. The way you did it, that's, you got a sure thing party. You got a a, a big a big celebration. That was uh, smart. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, for sure. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to go into it with my host, you know, too high. Um and I had I had a good fallback plan, you know, going going to school, going to Vandy, going there with my brother, you know, best school, best baseball school in the nation. So I was, you know, I was cool, um, just because I knew I had that to fall back on. But yeah, I didn't want to get my hopes too high. But 
I feel like we did it did it the right way. And, and you know, a couple of years later, my brother did it the same way. So you know, that's pretty pretty cool how that worked out. So there was a rumor going around, and I'm not even sure how this started, but that you were related to Gary Sheffield. And is it was that just a product of people being stupid and they saw that you're both named Sheffield and that you play baseball as well? Yeah. Um, well, that started like when I was younger. Um, I, it might. It started when I was like real young, but then it really, really, really started like got in the newspapers when I was a freshman, and me and my brother came up to bat. He led off, and I came after him. Um, you know, we were super late. We we didn't even know we was going to be on the on the lineup. So we get there, didn't even get the stretch, none of that throw, none of that. Coach puts us back in the lineup. He gets up. He hits a home run. I get up behind him. I hit a home run. And then <laughs> after the game, after the game, uh, <laughs> or the next day in the newspaper, it was it was on the front page. <laughs> of some I forgot who we were playing but it was their home newspaper and you know it said that you know we went back to back and Gary Sheffield was in the in attendance and and that he was our uncle and I was just like I do not know where they got this from but after that it kind of blew up you know I got baseball cards with with you know he is the nephew of Gary Sheffield and it's like man this is this this crazy did you start doing the bat wiggle when you were at, at the plate? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, because then that would make it even worse. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so so uh, you and your brother, were you guys, I mean, other teams must have just hated you because you must have just dominated. Yeah, we, was pretty, we was pretty good. It was a yeah. good little duo. We <laughs> well, because I, I, I got some stats on you. I see some <laughs> stats. You got two no-hitters and you struck out 17 in a game. And that's 17 with only 21 outs because I'm assuming it was a seven-inning game. Yeah. Yeah, what happened? You couldn't strike out the other four. I guess I, you know, can't 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 get them all. Can't get them all. <laughs> nah, we, it was fun. High school was definitely fun. Uh, we had a good team too. We were at one point ranked in the nation uh, my junior year, so you know we had a good team coming from a small little school, public school from my little town. I mean, you know that was that was big, and we're kind of known for our baseball, so. Um, you know the t- the times that that me and my brother's uh, group was going through, we we were pretty good. So you know that was that was fun. So last year you visited uh, Yankee Stadium or New York for the first time, and you went to a Yankee game. Did you kind of have the, uh, the the visions of of walking out to that mound and 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 throwing a game uh, at at the mound at the stadium? Was that was that something that was flying through your head? Uh, man, it was at first until I went up in my seat. And, and my and my nose started bleeding. That's how high we was, was up in the stands. So I mean, you should have seen really the old stadium. <laughs> Man, I could have I could have literally changed the light bulbs in the stadium if they needed me to. But nah, nah, the Yankees couldn't hook you up like with better those, seats. It was no, nah, it was like one of those last minute things on our off day that me and uh, another teammate Mar- Matt Marsh we just decided to go. You know, take a train up there. We, I'd never been in the city and or, or been to New York other than Syracuse, New York. Um. So, you know, it was just one of the last-minute things. It was still cool to go watch the game. We actually ended up somehow get, managing to get in, like, the the box or whatever behind the, the the captain's club or something like that behind the home plate. So I don't know how we ended up doing that, but it was good, though. But, um, you know, definitely a lot of fun. Uh, you know, good experience. You, you, saw the, you saw the two different worlds of Yankee fans, then. You saw the 400s, and then you saw the, uh, the legend seats. So you, you got both sides of it. 
Yeah, for sure. For <laughs> sure. Now I can, uh, you know, make sure I let my parents know what, 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 what kind of tickets to get. <laughs> yeah, don't put them in the 400s. <laughs> Most people listening yeah. to this podcast are up in the 400s and out in the bleachers. So it's nice to connect with those people. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, but you, you can see everything. That's a good thing. You ain't gonna miss. You ain't gonna miss nothing. <laughs> uh, so you you kind of mentioned earlier that you were uh, watching the Red Sox in that '04 World Series. Who were some of the other pitchers, maybe, that you were watching in the mid 2000s that you wanted to model your game after? Uh, the biggest one for me was uh, when I was growing up was was Price. I was a huge Price fan. Um, you know, I watched him ever since he was in, at Vandy. Um, and oh, pretty that, much all the way so up. That may be why you wanted to go to Vandy. <laughs> no, that's not the reason. That's that's not the reason. Um, you know, uh, but for sure he was he was one of those guys that I like to watch. And uh, anytime he was pitching, and I had time to watch. I was definitely watching him. Um, but other than that, I just kind of had my own own style growing up. Like I said, I wasn't really a a huge like into baseball i was more into basketball and football so you know i just i went i had fun playing baseball that was the thing yeah um i wasn't i wasn't really thinking about the future or going to going to i didn't even think i was going to go to college or d1 i remember being a freshman in high school saying uh my brother was getting looked at by college and i was i was kind of jealous i'm like man i man i hope i get that opportunity so it was just like one of those things that I did for fun with my friends. And then, um, <laughs> you know, and then I actually started liking it and seeing that it could take me a, take me a long way. So, uh, you know, I stuck with it. And my dad, he, he's a pretty smart man. So he uh, kind of made that decision for me. Not really made it for me, but talked me in the right direction. Yeah, you'll thank him later. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. Uh, all right, so football, are you a Titans fan? Yeah, unfortunately. Actually, yeah, <laughs> last year we had a good year. Last year we had a good year. We coming up. Yeah, you know, we finally got us a quarterback. We got, a, you know, got a good uh, backfield, and um, you know we're, we're coming, we're coming along. But it's been a struggle well, for the past decade or so. Once you escaped Jess Fisher, then you kind of were going in the right direction. Yeah, see, they was just holding on to him. You know, <clears throat> he 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 at one point was was the he was the man in Nashville. You know, um, yeah, when you were two we were years good. old. Yeah, yeah, when we were good, but. Uh, you know they've hung on to him as long as he, as long as they could, but um, you know I feel like we're going in the right direction now. So uh, hopefully I can get back and watch a few games. It, it gets a lot, it gets a little tough um, going to the games sometimes, but uh, you know just so busy and you know kind of taking time off vacation and stuff like that. So it, it could be a lot worse being a Titans fan. <laughs> I mean you could you could be a Jets fan and uh, and then yeah have that, to, that have, is true have to deal with that every single year for your entire life. That's that. I, that is true. Uh, I feel for for my uh, my New York people on the podcast right now. I feel for y'all. <laughs> well, remember, remember, uh, most Yankee fans are also Giants fans, not not Jets fans, yeah. unlike Scott. That's true. Oh, that's true. Someone that true. someone put me in the wrong box when I was a kid. I don't know. I don't know who did it or why they did it, but someone wanted me to suffer for my entire life. <laughs> um. So I want. So you're. Uh, you're a starting pitcher, but uh, I've also been reading some things that um, maybe you could move to the bullpen. That was actually one of the fan questions that we've had. Um, has that ever gone through your mind, or you, um, in down the road, that maybe the bullpen could be an option, or are you just focused on the rotation at this point? Uh, you know what? Right now, I'm just focused on what I what I can control. Um, 
you know, if it comes down to it, it's whatever. You know, if they need me to do, you know, backflips for them up in the in the big leagues, I'll do it. You know, um, you know, if that's gonna help help them win. Um, you know, if they want me to fetch water, I'll, I'll fetch water for them. <laughs> but, but, no, they got the bat point. I mean, to do that. It's yeah, it's whatever, man. Honestly, um, you know, once I once I get up there, um, it's whatever they need me to do. But as of right now, they got me in a rotation, so I'm gonna focus on that and continue to get better. You know, do I want to stay in the rotation? Of course. Um, Hell yeah. Uh, who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? You know. But uh, you know, I can I can control only only a certain amount of things. So yeah. uh, I just gotta go out there and focus on getting outs, and then um, whatever's best, whatever they think is best for the team. Then uh, you know I'm, I'm I'll, I'll uh, you know face that when it comes. So there's um there's a lot. So over the last couple of years, baseball, I feel like one one big thing is that some people get upset when guys like Bautista or Harper show emotion. Uh, if somebody hits a home run off you and then bat flips, are you pissed? or Are you just gonna go after him the next time and try and strike him out? Ah, uh, you know I've been always the type of guy to get be competitive. And uh, so I'm definitely gonna gonna try and get him, uh, strike him out the next next time I face him. But you know, I've never really I've never really been through that situation, and I'm one of those type of pitchers who, you know, I get very emotional um, when I'm out there on the mound. I'm you know super competitive. You know, uh, I hate losing. I hate giving up hits. Hate walking guys. You know, I just, I want to go out there and you know get my strikeouts, get outs, and you know get through the game. But uh, you know, I haven't, I haven't been through that situation yet, so I don't really know how I will react, to be honest with you. But, uh, you know, definitely I know if I face that next hitter, if that, if I face that hitter again, <laughs> then, you know, he's definitely not going to get a hit off me. He's and not going to have a com- then, we, then, then we might have some problems. <laughs> yeah, he's not going to have a comfortable at-bat next time. No, no, uh-uh. Well, if you get a big strikeout in a big situation, are you gonna? Uh, you just said you're emotional. So if you're if you're throwing exactly. fist fifth, uh, fist pumps out there, then they have every right to to get emotional as well. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But they ain't got the ball in their hands, you know. <laughs> everything, <laughs> you know, I control everything out there on the mound. So, uh, you know, I, I feel like I can get get as hype as I want. But you know, it works both ways, I guess. You've seen it in the WBC. Yep. Guys flipping bats, guys fist pumping. I like that though. I like that type of baseball. It makes it entertaining. It yeah, makes it fun to watch. Um, I don't really understand why people get like fans and stuff get mad about guys flipping the bats and stuff. I mean, I, I feel like it's part of the game, but. Um, well, and that's the thing. I know. think a lot of people get bent out of shape for 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 reasons that are that are unknown. But you know, I think a lot of the times as well. The Yankee fans are so used to just seeing guys so buttoned up. I mean, we all know about the haircut rules. We know about the all the rules that go along with the mm-hmm. Yankees, man. But so I hope, I really do hope you keep that that emotion and just you know show it all the time. Because as a fan, I can tell you, especially a lot of the younger fans, I think they really, really appreciate it and they love seeing the excitement um, in the game. Because you're exactly right; people are trying to take it out. Yeah, for sure, for sure. I don't know why. I, I like it. Um, you know, I like playing with a little flair, with a little swagger. So, um, I mean, I think that makes the game fun for me personally. Yeah, that's just how I like to play. Did you like? How was the WBC to you? Uh, Marcus Stroman was a guy who was give a little shimmy off the mound. I mean, that that was fun yeah. to watch. That was fun to watch. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, I, you know, I like I like seeing that. I, I think that's cool. That's awesome. Um, it just switch. It, it makes it different. It's not. 
you know, go out there and your typical, you know, throw your pitch, grab the ball, get back on the mound, throw your pitch, grab the ball, get back on the mound, you know. You know, you got to – I feel like it, it, it makes the game enjoyable when, you know, guys are out there with a little bit of flair, um, you know, and showing that their passion, showing the emotion. Um, you know, that's I think that's why football is such a big watch sport. I mean, not only is it a lot of contact and a lot of excitement, but, you know, those guys are out there, they show emotion. When they score a touchdown, touchdown dances, that's the best – that's one of the best things I like seeing, you know, seeing what Odell Beckham is going to do when he scores a touchdown. I think that's, you know, that's dope. So just makes the game a little more enjoyable. Yeah, I, I definitely agree with you, and I know Scott does too. So, uh, uh, Justice, thanks a lot for joining us. Uh, we killed about a half hour of your five-hour bus trip. Uh, what are you going <laughs> to do for the rest? I, I hear some guys in the background. Uh, what are you guys going to do for the rest of the time? Probably just play some cards, honestly. Yeah, get on, get on a little card game. So, gonna do that for four and a half more hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Nice. Well, well, we appreciate you joining us. Definitely good luck this season. We uh, we're looking forward to uh, to watching you. And I know that Trenton Thunder team and the AAA team is stacked. So you guys are gonna have a lot of fun. Hopefully, we see yeah, you in the sure, soon. All right, man. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me, guys. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees. Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you, with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.